Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 229. The Summer Guest Fest has arrived, and this year we've decided since summertime is the easiest time of year to get distracted from your business, the kids are home from school, vacation is on the horizon, there's so much going on that can keep you from moving forward towards your goals that we want to do everything possible to keep you on track and inspire you to keep moving forward towards accomplishing your big dream. So for the next two months, we're going to be offering you at least two special guest episodes episodes each and every week. We hope you enjoy the extra value, the added inspiration, and a little extra urge of motivation to keep on going. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to be here with our very special guest today, Joshua Latimer. Joshua, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. Super happy to talk to you today. Yeah, pumped to have you on. So we are going to bring some great strategies to you guys today. Today's show is all about systems, automation, and accelerating growth. And Joshua is the perfect person to come on the show and talk about this because Joshua left his job as a banker. He had that comfy, cozy job at J.P. Morgan to start a cleaning business in Michigan, which he eventually grew and sold to a California-based cleaning conglomerate in 2015. Now, there's something important that you need to know about that, which is that he grew the business in until it was generating $150,000 a month in revenue before he sold it. And in the last few years, he was only working about five hours a week, but yet still growing at 35% per year. Now, you know, I'm a business growth strategist, and by any standard, those are some unbelievable results. So congratulations to you, Joshua, and I'm really excited to peel the onion back on that for our listeners today. But just a little bit more first about Joshua, and then we'll dive in. So now he's living in Costa Rica with his four kids and wife where he helps small business owners from all over the world to understand the power of business systems and automation and the freedom that they can bring, the number one thing that every small business owner wants more of. Joshua is the founder of AutomateGrowSell.com, which is an online training platform for small local service-based businesses, as well as SendGym.com, a follow-up automation tool for business professionals. So Joshua, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Thank you, Kelly. The onion is ready to be peeled back. I love it. Okay, <laughs> so let's let's get right down to business here, Joshua. So you're teaching peace, people systems and automation. I want to first start with your own business. Now, what were the very specific systems that you focused on in growing your cleaning business that allowed for this explosive growth so quickly for you? Okay, I'm going to answer that directly with real stuff people can use. But to give a little bit of backstory, the, they need to know that the first two years I had my company, I struggled really bad. I mean, there was pain and suffering, like like so much pain and suffering. I always joke that I have a bachelor's degree in pain and a master's in suffering <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing. I worked really hard. The effort level was like 110%, but I wasn't working on the right things. I wasn't working in the right way. And so after, you know, two, two and a half years, I, I read this famous book called The E-Myth, which is Michael Gerber, and everybody knows that book. He's the Mr. Systems King and the, the, the work on your business, set it in your business. When I read that and I understood that I was doing things all wrong, that's when I started to pivot. And in fact, we tripled our business that year just from having that paradigm shift, not even having all the details. So one of the first things I did was focus on what I called a customer life cycle. 
And I started looking at my business as more of an experience that the customer traveled through rather than just a transaction. And almost any business can kind of look at this the same way, typically, unless you're just a total commodity, like you bake bread or whatever. And even with bread, you can decommoditize that and still make it epic and create perceived value and all that. But what I did, I had a little cleaning business. I had you know, a, a little baby boy at home. I was freaked out. We weren't making money. And I started to craft a high-level customer experience with different touch points, you know, from the time they first originally called us to the way that we answered the phone, the inflection in our voice, the way that we did the estimate and the sales process, the way that we sold packages, the way that we had scripts and different wording to create perceived value, the way we would do the actual work, the way we would follow up when we were done, the way that we asked for referrals, all of those things – which are pretty traditional things inside of a, uh, a sale that you make with a customer, I became more intentional, which is like one of my favorite words ever, with how to do those things. And that changed everything for us. Hmm. Wow. Okay, so you focused actually, for starters, on the customer journey of the people that were already paying you money. And I think that's really interesting because that is a complete lost art. I cannot even tell you how many people say to me when they join one of my programs, I cannot believe that I spoke on the phone to actual members of your team for an orientation. I cannot believe a real person reached out to me. So Joshua, what made you realize that the first steps in really exploding the growth came down to treating the people that were already paying you money the right way? Because although when it comes out of my mouth, that sounds very obvious, Almost no one is doing that today. So talk to you're, me about that. You're so right. No one is doing it. I mean, the, I call it relationship marketing. And everybody is like a hunter and they're trying to catch the gazelle. And they kill the gazelle and they eat the gazelle and then they try to find a new gazelle. And, yes. And, and that's cool. But, you know, I started to look at my customers more like a garden. And it's like a tomato plant. And you're going to take a tomato, which is, you know, a few hundred dollars for a transaction or whatever. and But it's going to grow another one is assuming you're watering it and, you know, the new nutrients are there and stuff. And I'm not trying to be cheesy here, but this is a major blind spot for most companies. The number one asset that all small businesses have is your current book of business. Yet we spend almost no marketing dollars focusing on that. We spend almost no time and effort and energy loving on these people. These people should be your best friend. They're the ones that provided everything you've had so far. In fact, in my experience, when I work with companies, sometimes people can double the size of their business only by focusing on a better relationship marketing strategy rather than constantly chasing the new gazelle only. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely love it. My heart is racing. I'm so excited to talk about this. I've never had anyone come on the show and talk about this before. Although that it's something that I'm very passionate about and, and actually it's really funny. I had a call yesterday with my business operations manager at Kelly Roach Coaching and we were talking about some things that we're looking to put in place. So I would love to know like if someone's just getting started with this relationship marketing strategy and really wants to up their game in terms of what they're doing with current and past customers, what would you say, you know, three or four really nice touch points would be that would really make a difference in terms of that customer's experience and relationship and, and really the, the value of the impression that you're making and, and I guess really the lifetime value of the customer? 
Well, what you got to do is get, just go back to old school. Get a piece of paper and a pen, okay? And we need to write down what is your transaction cycle look like? Because, you know, the sales cycle is different in all the different kinds of businesses, right? So if you're a cleaning business and you visit someone's home twice a year, like maybe a carpet cleaner, that's going to look a little bit different than maybe an HVAC company who goes and, and, and sees you once every two years. But the idea is exactly the same. What we need to do is we need to map out some, some strategic points where we need to reach out and engage our customer because look your customer loves you like they think you're cool and they pay you to do your stuff but the moment you leave like they're taking their kid to soccer and they're stressed out and they have their own life to live and they forget your name they forget who you were you think that's impossible because you think you're so great but you are wrong and even if you are great they still forget who you are so we need to engage them and by engage this is what i mean a handwritten note a little short voicemail a postcard a letter some sort of a, a gift, depending on the transaction size, right? Something to say, hey, we're just thinking about you. You don't have to sell people stuff every time you engage with them. You know, in a marriage, you don't try to, you know, go all the way with your wife every time you tell her that you love her, right? There's got to be all kinds of other things in between that. You have to actually love your wife. And sometimes she gets just a back rub. I know it's an amazing concept for people, but that sometimes just a back rub. That's perfect. That's an investment. It's a deposit into that relationship. And you can do the same thing with your customers, but you need to just map out those touch points. It doesn't have to be perfect because if you already have some, if you probably have nothing in place today. And so even an imperfect variation of what we're talking about is infinitely more powerful than what you're probably doing now. I love it. I couldn't agree more. And one of the biggest resistance uh, things that I hear from entrepreneurs about following up with current and past customers is that they feel uncomfortable selling to them, which is crazy, obviously, because they love you and they're buying from you for a reason. But what I love about what you shared there, Joshua, is, you know, just that little reminder that it doesn't have to always be a sales call. A lot of times the best sales call you're ever going to make, and this is something that I teach my own team, is a thank you. Sometimes that's the best sales call you can ever make is sending a note that says thank you or sending a, you know, some, some chocolate covered strawberries and saying, I appreciate you. And it's easier to sometimes generate the next sale that way than it is by calling and pushing the next service on them. Right. That's right. You're exactly right. And you know, look, when people feel dirty for selling their stuff, there could be a couple different dynamics going on. But I got to tell you, sales is not dirty. Sales is not bad. If you are not a slimeball, sleazy guy, if you have integrity, if you're a man or woman of honor and you have a business, you are serving your customers. You are scratching their itch, okay? And when you call them and you engage with them and you check on them, that is you taking care of them in the same way to use the husband and wife analogy again, that a husband should say, hey, honey, how are you? Are you okay? How you doing? Mm -hmm. And it has to be genuine. You know, you have these big, huge enterprise companies that automate stuff to the point where there's no human element anymore. That doesn't work either. So it has to be this hybrid of build systems and automation, and that's fine. But also it has to be real. You know, when we asked for referrals in my small small, uh, company, we asked six times exactly the same way every time. We said, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, you know, we're a small family business that relies on referrals from people like you. If you have a weird uncle or a crazy neighbor that needs us to serve them, we would totally like to meet them. So keep that in mind. And it's a joke and it's lighthearted. But then we did it six times over the course of three or four weeks as they moved through our life cycle. Our referrals went up 10x because of that one thing that we did. Uh, It's not rocket science. It's getting back to basics. Sometimes you don't need the next fancy pants technology to grow your business. You need to block and tackle. You need to throw and catch. You need to do the fundamentals better. 
I love it. And I couldn't agree more. I think the fundamentals are, are typically the source of almost all of our success. I, I would say using the 80-20 rule, 80% is always going to come from those fundamentals. So I want to go back to where we started. This is an unbelievable dialogue here about the customer journey, how quickly you can grow your business through both referrals as well as taking care of your current customers. You kind of started there as, as the starting point for systems in your business and then kind of walk me through what was the next phase that you moved on to from there? The customer experience being fascinating because I don't care what kind of business you have. You can bl if you can blow people's minds genuinely through the whole to all the touch points, right? If you can do that, your business will become a referral waterfall. And what I mean is like people like to refer stuff. And there's actually been university studies on this. People want to be the one that found out about the cool place that does the stuff. They want to be the person that discovered the iPhone, right? You get an iPhone back in the day, 15 years ago. Well, it's not even 15 years old, but whatever it was, 10 years or whatever, you get one and you're so blown away because the packaging is better and the, and the wrapper on the phone when you take it out is better and the literature is so clean and neat and, and different and unique and it's waxy and every every part of that whole transaction to you was a 25 times more interesting than buying any other phone you've ever had so what happens is is you can't stop talking about it you 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 run your mouth about it you constantly are working it into conversations oh well hey i, I got a new iphone I don't know. did you get the iphone hey you want to see my iphone right <laughs> Mm -hmm. But you can do that if you're a beautician. You can do that if you sell furnaces. You can do that no matter what. And it's the little things, the way you answer the phone, the way the energy level, the way that you actually run towards problems instead of putting people through the ringer if, if there's a mistake made, the way that you follow up, the way that you deliver your goods and services. All that stuff needs to be examined. And really, one of my favorite words ever, like I said, is intentional. You have to create the space for yourself to actually think about this stuff. And the way to grow your business isn't to start working Saturday because you're already so overwhelmed. It's to actually cancel Friday, yes. look at the stuff we're talking about, and go into Monday with a, a slightly improved game plan, you know, yes. because there's a difference between working hard and being productive. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Give me some more systems that, that you focus on conveying to your customers with automate, grow, sell that they must have in place in their business um, to do the, the work smarter, not harder process in their business and to grow more quickly. Sure. Well, you have to have a sales system. And to understand that, you have to understand the difference between marketing and the difference between sales. And one of the common mistakes I see people make, Kelly, with marketing is they go wide instead of deep. You know, they're a mile wide, but an inch deep. So they sponsor a t-ball team. They do some yard signs. They do a little direct mail. They do a phone call campaign. They do a little of this, a little of that. I call it buffet-style marketing when the trick is to actually go really deep on something specific, whether it's – if you're going to do direct mail, become that grandmaster ninja of the universe at direct mail in your business, right? Figure it out. Do the due diligence. Figure out the time of year. Figure out the response rates. How many sequence touches should you have in a campaign? All that stuff. you got to go deep. Even if it's slower in the beginning, it'll be better on the back end. And then once a phone call is generated, you can begin the sales process, right? So marketing is a phone call generating system. Write it down what you're doing now and figure out how to improve different areas. If you're doing 10 things, reduce it to three things, the top three, and then get better at those. After the phone call is generated, you got to look at your sales cycle, the, the, the life cycle, right? So there's someone contacts you through email or social media, or they call you or whatever. 
that's a touch point. What happens? You need to define it. You need to write it down. This is what happens now. And then after you read it, you'll probably be horrified and you'll realize, okay, I can definitely make this cooler. Make it cooler and then implement it and do it better. And then how, how many times do you follow up if you didn't get the sale, right? How, how many times do you follow up if you did get the sale? How do you invest in the relationship? That whole thing, all that stuff can start with scribbles on pieces of paper and you can be light years ahead of your competition just by doing that. Um, so don't focus on making all this stuff perfect. Focus on progress, not perfection. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I think that that's one of the things that most catches people. Like, I, I think that what you just said about, you know, going wide instead of deep is is one of the biggest trouble spots for entrepreneurs today because I think everyone feels so much pressure to be in the game on everything instead of kind of, for lack of a better word, minding your own business um, and really minding your own business, meaning taking care of your own business and doing the right thing for your own business, your own company, your own brand um, by, by being the best that you can possibly be and getting the maximum value out of what you're already doing versus constantly starting and stopping all of these new things that you're really not seeing a return on investment for. Yeah, people do just enough to fail in all of these areas. And so what they do is they try a little of this, a little of that. They could probably succeed at like any of them, but they can't succeed by doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You have to be deep on something. You have to dig your heels in and commit to something. So look, there's a reason that high-level executives, a lot of them, this is a blanket statement, but they have structure high levels of structure to their day. They don't even check their email till 11 a.m. They, they work out at 5.30. They, they're doing re- reading their Bible or personal development book at 6.15. You have to start behaving right now like the, the type of leader your company will need to be the type of company that you're trying to make it be. You have to change your personal character today. You have to begin to become that person now, and your company will follow after you. And what lower level people do, people that don't know what the next step is, people that are grasping at straws, what they do is they continue to do the same types of things. They, they'll read a book here, but they'll only do half of it, then they'll read a book there, but it's not at the same time, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Maybe they'll work out, maybe they won't. Maybe they're in a mastermind, but they flake out. Look, we, it's all about focus. And I love John Lee Dumas is one of my favorite podcasters. He talks about follow one course until success. Focus. You need to apply that truth, not idea, not, not opinion, truth, the truth of how this works. It's like math. It always works. You focus on each of these different areas in your business, the marketing, the sales, the thing, one thing at a time. Make it the best you can. Move on to the next. Make it the best. And when you're done, when you've went through your whole business, you circle back and you make it even better. But you have to do these things in a structured, orderly way. Yeah, perfect. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And this is just such great – the most powerful guidance, surprisingly, is always the simplest. And people always want the complex strategy, the new, fun, exciting, sexy thing to work on. When in reality, just like we talked about at the beginning of the show, it is those basic fundamentals that are the most powerful. I call them the power levers. Um, Having a a system for sales and marketing, taking care of your customers, um, making sure that you're staying in front of the people that have paid you in the past and getting them to pay you again. Um, These are the powerful things that allow you to, you know, get to the point where you're, you know, growing rapidly and, and 
and working limited hours versus like you said, having to add Saturday. So tell me what you feel the biggest keys um, to the massive growth, uh, you know, from startup to 150,000 a month in revenue were like, if you could name three key things that were like must that helped you achieve that level of success, what would they be? Walk in the fire. You got to stay in the fire. And you could call that grit. You could call that relentlessness. You can call it whatever you want. But there's an underlying truth uh, that is shared among successful people. And it's the ver- it's a very simple fact that they don't stop doing the stuff they're doing. They'll pivot. They'll iterate. They'll change themselves. But they don't stop. They're just – they're relentless. And there's actually a book. I think it was called Grit or something published about this. You know, What is the commonality between all these high achievers? And the bottom line is it doesn't matter your educational level. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. The financial backing you have when you start, it's about how down in the in the in the trenches dirty gritty are you willing to go because everyone wants the success but no one wants to walk through the fire everyone can look at a, a bill gates and, and and see the wine right the wine but no one sees the crushing of the grapes it is hard to build a business so just accept the fact and move on with your life it's okay that it's hard i tell my sons i have three sons and a baby girl i say do hard things but doing business the right way, Kelly, it's kind of boring in a lot of ways. You know, sharing vision and being enthusiastic, I love that stuff. But when you're in an Excel sheet and you're creating a system and you're looking at something, that's not sexy and fun, but that's how you win. That's yes. how everybody that wins wins. So you don't have to reinvent it. In fact, if you try to reinvent it, you're silly. Yeah. This is just age old truth. Perfect. I love it. That is so powerful and it's absolutely true. And, you know, just to add to what you said, I have people ask me that same question all the time. And, you know, what I say is, you know, be in it to win it and and understand that everyone wants that overnight success and, you know, everyone sees that final product. What you didn't see is the 20 chapters before that, the eight failures, the business loss, the the bankruptcy, the, you know, having to go through a health crisis. There's so much that people work through and overcome and have the will to keep fighting on to get to that ultimate success. That if you oh, yeah. don't have the willingness to be in it, to win it, just like you said, to, to get in the fire and stay in the fire as long as it takes and fight for it. It, it's, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter how much money you have to start. It really is the determination and the fight that makes all the difference. So I love this, yes. Joshua. Everything you're sharing here is just so incredibly powerful. And, and it's clear. It's very, very clear. And I think that that's what people really need from us today as leaders. The, the, the reason it's leaders. clear to me is because I, when I joke and say I have a bachelor's degree in pain and a master's in suffering, that's funny. This is real, okay? I have a wife who went to the grocery store and had her debit card declined with the $200 worth of groceries, holding a baby in front of all these strangers, humiliated. I had a house taken back. I've had to turn in a car to the bank. Look, I get it. If there's anything that I am now, it's an encourager. I don't want to scare people away from being a business person, but I want to tell them the truth. And you know, I, I have this document called the Birthright for Entrepreneurs, and it's it's pretty epic. If if I could, it's short. Can can I, can I read the, the points here? Because I wrote this myself and I think it's powerful. Oh, yeah, please do. Absolutely. So the birth rate for entrepreneurs is step one, you have an idea, but no one cares. Step two, you build a plan and no one helps. Step three, you take massive risk, but you're alone. Step four, you work and grind for years, but no one sees it. Step five, you fail. Others expected it. Step six, you continue forward. That's the grit we were talking about. They smirk. 
Step seven, you fail again. They pity you. Step eight, you continue forward. There's that grit again. They laugh. Step nine, you get traction, but no one notices. Step 10, you get momentum. They think it's a fluke. 11, you start winning. They try to align themselves with you. Step 12, you achieve greatness, and they say that they know you. I think that that can resonate with so many people, especially people that have had the pain, have, had the, the, have been humbled by life, who have been beaten down, and come out the other side. Um, because it, it's just the way that it typically is when you win in business. It looks dirty. It's not linear. And so if that encourages anybody. I so love that. And we will actually type that out in the show notes, every point that you just went over there, because I want people to be able to see that and put their eyes on it, write it down, copy it. Uh, That's so powerful. And it's so true. And hopefully this is touching some people that are listening today. And, And maybe it's helping some of the listeners to understand that whatever you're facing right now, like, it's normal. It's natural. It doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It doesn't mean that you're not going to ultimately win. The only thing that's going to determine your final fate is either you persist until you succeed or you give up and you send your dream to the graveyard, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly, exactly 100% true. There's nothing to add to that. If you quit, you're done. If you stay in the game, you will win. And maybe winning looks different than you thought it would, but who you are as a person, who you are as a leader, who you are as a husband or wife or as a father or a mother will be so much better because you stayed in the fire. So many people want to avoid pain. They want to not do things the hard way, but they're, they're small people. They, mm-hmm. they, they're not deep. They, they don't contribute to the world. They don't change the world. If you don't quit, you cannot not grow. It's like a double negative, but you're going to grow in good ways if you stay in the fire. Right. I love it. I love it. So let's let's pivot here a little bit, Joshua. And I do want to talk a little bit about the app business. And I know that you have a leading app that you are utilizing as, you know, a, a really big focal point in your business right now. Talk to me a little bit about what went into deciding to focus on an app. How do you market it? How do you grow it and monetize it? Like walk us through that because there's probably a lot of people that have maybe considered, you know, getting into that but aren't really sure what the pros and cons are. Can you talk to us a little bit about it? Sure thing. Yeah. I always joke that my app business, the Send Gym, um, is – is me working on my PhD and whatever comes after the pain and suffering. <laughs> but but I, don't, yes. I don't want that degree. I don't want it, but I'm probably going to get it. Look, it's a cool business that actually started not as a business, and a lot of companies start this way. It's an app that lets you send thank you cards and gifts and, you know, gift Starbucks gift cards and, and brownies and cookies and greeting cards and all this stuff. You can send those things to your current customers to do that relationship marketing stuff that we were talking about. And we built it as a proprietary tool for my other company before we sold it. And so we took 50 grand and started building the software, even though I knew nothing about building software. We hired some developers and, you know, did some, you know, um, wireframes and stuff and mocked up what it would look like. And it was kind of a disaster. And I basically lit a hundred grand on fire the first go around. But as I started going through the process and we iterated on it and what it would do and how it would work, we realized that this was its own business. You know, a lot of other people could use a tool like this. So it honestly evolved organically in that way. As far as how to scale and grow the business, it's totally different than my other business. So all the success and the things I achieved with that, you know, I'm, I'm going back to school on how to drive traffic and convert and create funnels and how to automate the, the drip campaigns and all this stuff to, to do this stuff and how to package it and price it and, and scale it. It's, it's just a different animal. So I'm still in the midst of that. It's small. 
Uh, it's in the App Store right now, just in the United States. You can download it. You just search for Send Gym. But we only have like 1,500 paid customers. So, you know, we're at the very embryonic stage of this business. And honestly, I love every second of it because people like me and you are crazy and we love doing this stuff. Absolutely. So what are some of the biggest learnings that you have had so far with this app business? The the biggest learning, which is embarrassing to admit, but the truth is that I had a, if I build it, they will come syndrome with this product. And it's honestly, it's pretty common with a lot of businesses. You think, okay, I'm going to launch this thing, or I'm going to start a store doing this. And, and, and it's such a cool idea. You think because your idea is cool, people will just come and pay you money. Well, that doesn't work that way. You know, you still have to have a machine driving all that traffic, harvesting and capturing the traffic, nurturing the traffic, converting the traffic. I really did not have a grip on that all the way through probably close to 20 months from when we started this. I really didn't understand why we weren't making more sales. And so now we've pivoted to where we're doing more webinars. We're being way more intentional about selling and shouting from the rooftops what this thing is and why it's so awesome and how it makes you money and showing them mathematically why this is important. And the results are tremendously different, of course. But, you know, it seems obvious. I see a lot of people make that mistake. I was one of them. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about the app because I feel like that would be a great tool for business owners like myself, for example. So walk us through. So you sign up for the app and then and then how does it work from there? Well, basically what you do is you, you spend a, a little inty bit of, bit of time configuring the app at the beginning. Like you put in your return address okay. and the name of your company and stuff. Okay. And then you, you choose what we call quick sends. And a quick send is like a postcard or a, or a letter or a, a greeting card or a brownie or a cookie or a $5 Starbucks. You, you, you pick one and you save it and you pick another type and you save it. Once that's done, you can group them into what's called a sequence. Now, this right here. This is why this is epic, okay? This is literally epic. Once you create a sequence, it would look something like this, Kelly. Let's say that I got off this podcast with you and I wanted to send, I wanted to build a relationship with you. I could use my phone, type in your mailing address, and touch a button called the Kelly sequence. And it, over the course of a whole year or two years, it's going to drip on you. It's going to send you a thank you card saying, Kelly, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on your show. A month later, it sends you an email. And the email, hey, Kelly, just following up. Hey, I listened to the show. It went live. It's awesome. You did a great job. Just appreciate you. And then three months later after that, it sends you a $5 Starbucks and says, hey, I was thinking about you today. I thought you can get a cup of coffee on me. Let me know if I can provide value to you in any other way. And then six months later, it does something else. And a year later, it does something else. All of those touch points, all of that relationship building nuclear bomb firepower was executed by you pushing that button one time with your finger. It takes less than 20 seconds to do it. That's what the app does. Oh my gosh, that is freaking brilliant. Don't you know that I just literally had one of my staff members spend like three hours researching options for us to do something like that like a week ago and we were very disappointed with what we found. So I will be in touch with you after this show and hopefully lots of other people listening will see the value in what you're doing because that is a very needed service and it's so, so critical. I don't think people understand the power of staying in touch with your current customers, which is why I just paid a team member of mine to go research options for how we can do this better and make sure people don't slip through the cracks and we don't forget and that we're staying on top of this and that we don't have to create a new campaign every single month. So this is brilliant. 
Um, yeah, it's a real pain. I mean, I had that same pain and I couldn't fi- I had a team of high school kids in my office. You know, we had 30 employees and they're in their handwriting cards and sending. Yes. St- it was just a mess. I and mean, look, I, I even did it that way because it was still worth it. it regardless, <laughs> if someone uses my app. You got to do this stuff anyway. But the problem yeah. is it's a total ginormous pain to do it by hand. And uh, this yeah, makes yeah. it ridiculously easy. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So, again, where where do they get the app? How do they sign up for the app? Well, they can go to the app store and type in send Jim, like the person, J-I-M. The idea is you don't have time to follow up with your customers, but Jim does, so send Jim. Or you go to sendjim.com. We have a free trial for 14 days, and we even give you 10 free credits so you can mail yourself some cards and check it out. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay. Very, very cool. Um, Final notes, final words that you want to leave our audience thinking about as we wrap up this amazing discussion about leveraging uh, the customer journey, staying in front of your current customers, 10xing your growth by taking care of the people who already pay you money. Um, Final words or food for thought for our listeners. My final words would be, first of all, you can do it. Literally, you can do it. And it's almost impossible to find someone that's not capable of the dream that they have inside of them. You have what it takes. You just can't quit. The other thing is I love the Steve Jobs quote where he talks about everything in the world is the way that it is because some other human just decided that it was supposed to be that way, right? And so what is stopping us from changing those things, right? We can, we have so much influence over our own reality, over our changing our family tree, as I like to call it, Get fired up. If you're overwhelmed, cut off a Friday, stop work, let it pile up, and just think and get clear again, get excited again, because you, you, you can do it. Boom. I love it. Joshua, this was an incredibly powerful interview. I really appreciate your time today. I know that this added a ton of value um, for me just having the conversation. I, I texted one of my team members while we were talking and said, I am sending you this interview the second that I hang up. I need you to listen right now. And so I hope that it adds a ton of value for our listeners and subscribers as well. So thank you so much for joining me here today. Well, thank you for what you do, Kelly. You're you're changing so many people's lives. It's not a cliche thing. You're literally inspiring people that you'll never meet. And that is an amazing thing to say that you can participate in. Thank you, Joshua. Well, I'm excited to try out the app. I hope everybody else listening does as well. And for all of my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you haven't already joined one of our weekly webinars that are going to teach you the five steps to rapid growth in your service-based business, I want you to go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash freedom. Invest an hour in your future. You will thank me later. Thanks so much to Joshua. Thanks so much to our listeners. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.